Dish one, uh, it's Ian Went coming to you guys this week with uh, this week's podcast. Um, first of all, that track that played at the beginning of this, that's our own boy Marcus Kane. Um, it's his new song he just released called Ecstasy. He actually has a bunch of really good music um, in on uh, SoundCloud, so definitely check it out. It's pretty cool to see guys like him. Um, you know, put things together on the side besides just doing just doing sales and just working for Dish One. Like, it's awesome to see them be able to use that as a vehicle to really um, get to where they actually want to be and do the things that they actually are, are super passionate about and love and want to do. Um, so, shout out to Marcus Kane, guys. Check him out on SoundCloud. Check out that song; it's awesome. Um, that's why I threw it on this podcast. But anyway, let's jump into it. Um, I'm I'm super excited about this week, and uh, and the topic that I've chosen. So last, if you guys remember when I the last podcast I did, I kind of talked about how our our goal as a training team is to um, do podcasts on the books that we're currently reading. So if you remember the uh, the one I did before was was on the subtle art of not giving a fuh. Um and then. Uh, and so this week, I, I'm, the other book that I'm reading right now, I'm reading two books. I usually try to read two books uh, simultaneously each month because um, they, they, they do different things for me, whether one's for one, – one is usually for training or coaching or, or you know, becoming better at, at my profession. And then the other one is more just like uh, self-development kind of thing for my power hour. But, um, so the other book I'm reading, it's called Coaching Salespeople into Sales Champions. Um, a Tactical Playbook for Managers and Executives by Keith Ro- Rosen. Rosen, Rosen, one of the two. Um, the, you guys can see the image on, on, uh, on the, the podcast or on this podcast. So if you guys need to – if you want to look up the book, you definitely should. Um, <clears throat> so here's the deal, guys. This podcast uh, is going to be more directed towards the leadership, more towards managers and, and uh, those that are wanting to become leaders. Now – that doesn't that doesn't go to say that if you guys don't want to become leaders or don't want to be managers or aren't in leadership, this isn't going to apply because it for sure is going to. Um, again, the idea for us is to basically build you guys up a library full of of super helpful and um, you know an inspiring and motivational content that we get from from our books and and from uh, our studies and just kind of different things that we experience as individually. Um, so, okay, let's jump into it. So this book. So um, it's going to kind of switch gears a little bit, but the reason I'm so excited about it is because it's something that I'm super passionate about, um, which obviously you guys could probably imagine is training and coaching. Um, but it's, I feel like it's almost like a lost art when it comes to leadership and having those, those talents. Um, and what I mean by that is so many managers, um, so many managers go about managing but they forget that a huge part of managing and if not in my opinion maybe it is because i'm biased one of the most important parts is being able to actually train and teach and coach your your reps now naturally managers usually have the the talent and the ability to teach but it's very rare i feel like that that a leader has um all the skills that a coach has as well. And that's kind of what this book talks about. He talks about separating managers and coaches. So he says something interesting. He says, um, the, fir- the first thing he says is, 
most managers don't understand that they can't just change their title from manager to sales coach without changing their skill set. They don't understand the difference between being a manager and being a coach. Let me explain. Calling yourself a coach without the proper training is the same as me waking up tomorrow morning and saying, today I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a CPA or a professional athlete. I can say it, but I, but I can't be it. A sales coach must be proficient at coaching and that requires ongoing study and training. Um, and then he says, then he says, management is dead. This is a pretty bold statement to make, I realize. I know that. Yet thousands of managers I've worked with and throughout my career are testaments of the truth of this statement. I ask managers, what exactly is it you manage? Although they say they manage people, the truth is the managers today spend most of their time managing processes, projects, data, problems, and information. If you do not have a defined process that moves your people toward, uh, forward so they can achieve greater results, then what is it you're managing? You're managing the status quo. You're managing a ledger entry in your company's P&L statement. You're managing sales reports and activity. Um, I love that because here's the deal. When I read, I kind of take things and I leave things, right? So what I take out of that is obviously that too many managers believe that because they have the title of manager, they immediately are also a coach and they don't focus so much on developing the talents it takes to be a coach as much as they develop the talents of taking, that it takes to be a manager. But the fact is that those talents are totally different. They're totally different skill sets. It's like learning to play the guitar and learning to snowboard. Like they're to two totally different things. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's a, that's a forgotten message. Now the thing I leave there is you need uh, to be a manager. You need to also have the skill sets of, of, you know, managing, uh, just systems, ledgers, that kind of stuff. Like you need to have those managerial talents as well. But again, my point is just, and I agree with him, is, is the fact that I think a lot of managers forget the importance of also making sure that they are the best coach they can be and understanding and having the talents and ability to be able to teach and train and coach. Um, so let's, uh, so let's, let's jump into, into this part. So the next thing he says, he talks about uh, what is coaching. And just like the last podcast, guys, I'm going to kind of jump around the first couple chapters that I'm reading here. Um, Hopefully it's all going to make sense to you. I'm pretty sure it will. I mapped it out so it should. Uh, but if I go off topic, don't don't uh, don't don't kill me for it. But let's uh, let's talk about this. So so the sales coach. Um, what is a sales coach? So first he says he 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 uh, he talks he he basically defines coaching. He says what is coaching? Okay. So he says and I want this is the other thing too, guys. While you guys listen to this. Um, definitely have a pen out and, and a piece of paper and take some notes. If you're, if you're driving, then obviously you can't do that. But, um, you know, if you guys are in a group or something, have someone else take notes or if you want to do it later, do it later. But I strongly suggest that you take notes and you write down the things that, that, uh, that you want to remember and be able to apply because it always makes a world of difference. But let's, so let's go ahead. So what is coaching? The coaching model is based on the belief that the, that the question is the answer. The coach is responsible for people finding the answers themselves and developing their own problem-solving skills. Coaching uses a process of inquiry so that people can access their own energy or inner strength to reach their own level of awareness. Tapping into a person's previously unused strengths and talents advances personal growth and learning, which challenges people to discover their personal best. Coaching builds accountability by providing a, a safe forum for people to honor the, com uh, the commitments they have made. Coaching is collaborative as well as interactive. 
like a dance rather than a, a premeditated or prescripted process. The shared experiences, insights, and solutions generated during meetings move the person forward, which also allows the coach to grow even more. Think about that for a second. Um, I feel like a lot of the time we're focused when we're like when we're having one-on-one -on -one sessions, for example, as as leaders, we're super focused on uh, what is it that I need to teach this person, what is it that I need to to help them grow in. But I think a lot of the time we don't really focus on what am I learning and what am I, how am I growing from this conversation? Um, and I think it's, I think it's important to, you know, going forward, whenever you sit down with a, with a rep, kind of have that in the back of your mind too. It's not to be selfish. It's just all of us learn and grow from the different interactions we have, especially things like one-on-one -on -one sessions. I feel like, I feel like you learn and grow a ton when you're able to help people solve their problems and, and really work through any kind of, um, issues or, or, you know, barriers or, or reach their goals or any of those kind of things. But he goes on, he says, coaching is about having clients grow on their own. Coaching helps people become more observant so they can better respond to the events, problems, and situations that arise. Um, coaching isn't about giving information. It is about responding to the needs of other people. People will resist if information is forced on them. Coaching consists of motivating people to reach their highest levels by offering them opportunities and possibilities, not obligations. Coaching is the art of creating new possibilities that didn't exist before. I love the part that it says coaching consists of motivating people to reach their highest levels by offering them opportunities and possibilities, not obligations. And where he says that it's about responding to the needs of other people, but that people will resist information if it's forced on them. Um, I recently just got back from... A, uh, a conference. It's the National Achievers Conference. And um, there's a bunch of different speakers. Three of them were Tony Robbins, Kevin O'Leary, and, and Gary Vanderchuk. Here's the interesting thing I got from that. I realized that those conventions are set up for one reason. So that all the other guys, the ones that aren't the headliners, can just huck their crap and sell their programs to all these people who are looking for the, like, the golden ticket and looking for that answer to all their problems, right? Um, or, or the, the get-rich-quick schemes. Um, and it's unfortunate because every single time someone got up and spoke, if, if I felt like the whole time they were just trying to sell me something and like push their agenda, it's just like he says here. I resisted it 100%. But I'll tell you this. The one person that got up that absolutely blew me away was Gary Vee. Because when he got up, he didn't try to force an agenda down my throat. He didn't try to sell me something. He literally just gave out information responded to the needs that we had and just just brought the fire just brought the heat as far as motivation and as far as like truth bombs went and it was amazing and it was so refreshing and it taught me something and that is that if you're going to be in this in in the uh if you're going to learn to be a coach if you're going to learn to be to 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 be a, a sales coach or a, or a trainer you need to stop trying to sell people on things and more just give them all the important information and the valuable content and if there is something down the road that you're trying to sell, and this is what Gary says, you know, like he's trying, he, he's about to sell a book. He doesn't need to sell his book to people. They already know the content. They already know the caliber of his, of his content. And so they're going to want the book, right? So I think that's super important. And it goes along with coaching. If you're, if you're coaching somebody, don't try to sell them an agenda or slam like content down their throat. Teach them important principles and teach them teach them things that are gonna help them and then let them come to you. You know, If you have a specific agenda, let them come to you and let that agenda be realized because it's their choice, not because it's you trying to force it on them. Um, anyway, okay, so then he goes into 
uh, what are the roles of a sales coach? So he, t- he says, he says there's, there's a few, there, there's specific roles and core responsibilities of a, of a, of a sales coach. So I'm going to go ahead and go over those. Number one, focuses on the strengths, not the weaknesses. Number two, facilitates, which is defined as making things easier. Number three, brings out the best in people by supporting, assisting, and maximizing people's strengths. Number four, requests change and growth, as well as informs and guides. I think that one is a huge one because, again, you know, it goes back to what we do compared to what we should be doing. And I feel like one thing that we always do is we request that people change or we request that they grow in a certain way. But very, I feel like very, uh, a, small, a small amount of the time we actually are able to inform and guide in a way that makes them want to change and grow. Um, and that's not to say we never do it, but it's just, I, I feel like sometimes that part isn't as strong as the part of, of us coming on and saying, hey, you know, change this way or how can we make you grow this way? And, uh, and I think that's huge. Um, has the right questions, but not necessarily all the answers. So they're a listener, right? Empowers people to be accountable for their success and failures. Um, that's a huge one too. Like we, uh, you know, we, we always talk about praise people for their successes. Um, but then what do you do when someone fails? You know, what uh, do you, do you just, you just have them realize it and, ask, and, and tell them to get better? Um, I think the key here is you make them feel accountable for it. Uh, one of the most important things that we can learn and that we can teach, and I mean, dude, this is this is probably one of the hardest things that I've had to learn my entire life and career is the importance of accountability. Like, it's on you, right? It's it's all you. You you need to. I feel like as soon as we learn to realize that everything that we do wrong is on us, um, that's really when the change happens. That's really when you know, we can turn failures into success. Um, if we continue to just push the blame on other things and other people, we're never going to be able to succeed at the level we want to. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. This actually, the other day, one of my, one of my buddies came into the office and, uh, we were talking about this very thing. We were talking about how, you know, at the end of the summer, there's, there's managers, there's reps or, you know, so on and so forth that, that didn't quite do what they wanted to do. And when they get back, instead of, instead of focusing on the reasons why they failed, they push the blame on everybody else. You know, oh, the area wasn't good enough. The, the capacity wasn't there. My manager didn't do this. My regional didn't do this. I didn't have these kind of resources. Like, I will admit that in some situations, those things are, are true. It, it does happen where there's unfortunate circumstances, miscommunication, whatever, whatever it is. Sometimes the ball is dropped and, and it affects people. But at the end of the day, we, we need to just, you know, the, the successful people don't make excuses. They just find solutions. And, uh, and he asked me, he said, he said, why is it that you think everybody just jumps to, to blame everything else and, and to put the blame on everyone else? Why do you think that is? And uh, it was funny because I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't have the answer. I, I was about to give him some bullcrap answer, but it's, it's so funny because I have a little basketball hoop in my office and a little, a little ball that every once in a while when I get writer's block or like, I, you know, I'm just kind of like fidgety or, or whatever, um, I'll get up and I'll just kind of shoot baskets for a little bit. And it was funny because at that time I was actually shooting baskets at the same time and it, and it clicked. And I shot the basket and I said to my buddy, I said, uh, I missed that basket. Whose fault is it? 
right? And of course the answer is, well, it's yours. Okay, so why is it that when I shoot, because when I shoot a basketball, if I miss that basket, unless somebody came in the room and jumped in front of it and like deflected the shot, immediately, what am I going to say to myself? Am I going to say, oh, the, the hoop was wrong or the, the rim was, was crooked or, you know, the ball wasn't inflated? No, I'm immediately just going to accept responsibility. Why? Well, because I had complete control over it. The only reason why the ball didn't go in the hoop is because I did something wrong with my arm, my hand, my eyes, like my hand-eye coordination was off, my body was turned the wrong way, I didn't have the right form, I didn't have the right, you know, the ball didn't go up and come down the way it should, I, like the arc was wrong, like whatever, but it, it's all on me. I'm the one that orchestrated the failure 100%. So it's easy to accept responsibility when it's 100% on us, but in things like sales or, or managing or whatever, when we feel like that blame can be pushed on something else, we immediately do it. And it's so sad, but it's funny because if you talk to the most successful people in the world, they're the ones that have figured out that it doesn't matter if it's in your control or not. You have to accept responsibility no matter what. You have to find solutions instead of problems. Um, and I, I just thought that was interesting because again, that's, that's one of the main roles of a coach, right? A coach helps people to accept responsibility and accountability no matter what for their success and their failures and, and find a solution to those things. So anyway, kind of off topic, but um, so the next thing he talks about is he says, so those are the roles of a coach, but how is, how can, how can that be confused sometimes? And he, he actually brings up a super interesting point and it kind of hit home for me too, is you, you hear about these people out there that are coaches and that are mentors he says, well, there's a big difference between a coach and a mentor. And when I first read that, I was like, what? Like, what is it, right? Like, what in the world? And I kept reading. And so let me, I'm going to go ahead and read this. And it says, it says, many people use the words coach and mentor synonymously. The fact is there's a clear distinction between the two. He says, a coach is an expert on people and personal development, typically a skilled specialist regarding a certain topic, competency, or industry. A coach's role is to provide structure, foundation, and support so people can begin to self-generate the results they want on their own. Learning and growth are achieved by both parties involved. In coaching, the relationship is objective, and the focus is not only on what the person needs to do to become more successful, but also who the person is and how he or she thinks. A coach works on the whole person and is, is multidimensional, rather than focusing only on what the person is already doing. The coaching relationship is built on choice rather than necessity. Mentor. A mentor is an expert in a field, industry, or in a company who typically acts as an internal advisor. Usually, this is done on a professional level to advance the mentored person's career. Often, mentors have their own approach already in mind and use the system that has worked for them in the past without taking into consideration the style, values, integrity, and strengths of the people they mentor. Mentors may also have something to gain professionally and, as such, have their own personal agenda. Often mentors are not trained and their guidance is based more on their experience rather than the skills and proficiencies needed to mentor. Often the mentoring relationship is need-driven rather than driven by choice. Um, and this, dude, this freaking hit home for me because as much as I hate to admit it, I'm, I would say I'm more of a mentor, right? I personally... Um, I, I don't I really don't feel like I, I ever received a ton of training like everything I, I do and I and I know is is self-taught and, and just based on my own experience 
And a lot of the time, um, you know, while I'm not getting paid internally, so, so like I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not just a, a freelance mentor or anything. Like my, my agenda is still definitely there. And it, it just, it was a wake up call to remind me that when I'm training and when I'm coaching to focus more on the people that I'm training and coaching rather than my own personal agenda. And it was, it was huge because I feel like a lot of people make that mistake, not just me, but a lot of people who, who know the importance of training and coaching still blur that line between what is coaching and what is actually mentoring. And so it's my personal goal to, to really get better at, at coaching rather than mentoring. And, uh, and just as I, as I think about, again, the importance of a manager becoming a coach, like how many times, uh, how many times have you seen your as a leader? How many times have you seen yourself get in the in the bad habit of pushing your own personal agenda or or even pushing like a team agenda, but making someone do something they don't necessarily want to do because you're pushing that agenda, rather than trying to find out once again as it says, you know, in the in the roles of a coach, instead of focusing on their strengths and weaknesses or their strengths, not their weaknesses, right and and really trying to bring out the best in them by supporting and assisting and 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 requesting that change and that growth and and informing them and guiding them on how they can reach those things um you know in my opinion i guess what it comes down to is a lot of leaders and a lot of mentors go about it in such a singular um way rather than trying to figure out like what are all the different angles that i can take based on this person um, and as I think about that, it also makes me think about each office. Each office, in my opinion, has an identity. Um, as I train different offices throughout the summer, I, I realize that every office has a different identity. Like it's not what it is, it's who it is, who the office is, what makes it tick. And that's based on all the different people, right? What, what interesting or what, what, uh, what specific talents and and abilities and characteristics do each of the people in the team bring to the table and what what kind of team identity does that create um, and uh, and that's something that all of us can learn as leaders to to be more aware of because as we figure that out we're able to cater everything we do to that identity just like we just like as a coach should cater all of their advice and all of their counsel and all of their direction towards the identity or towards the the different you know the personality the person that they're actually coaching rather than just trying to push an agenda on every single person um so i thought that was pretty interesting so the next thing he talks about is he he actually breaks it down he says he says so in a session in a coaching session okay so the way i'm gonna the way i'm gonna apply this is when you guys are doing a correlation right or when you're doing a one-on-one when you're having those important conversations with your with your reps or with your with your team, um, what is it that you should be doing exactly in a session? And and these are the things that he lines out. So he says, first, help people to uncover their true passions and orient their lives around them. Second, assist in discovering and leveraging people's natural strengths, skills, and gifts to bring out their best. Work with people to create what they really want out of life, personally and professionally. Um, Co-create new possibilities that didn't exist before as well as an action plan and a path to help people achieve their goals. Um, 
provide uh, the next one provide guidance support insight structure accountability encouragement and tools people can use today provide a constructive safe environment um, and become an unconditional partner during people's personal evolutions that one is so so huge and um, if I think back to my to some of the people that I consider some of the best leaders in the industry and and, and my the leaders that have helped me the most. That's exactly what they did. Um, they became this like unconditional partner where it's like, I don't have to worry about whether or not they're gonna stab me in the back. I don't have to worry about whether or not they're gonna throw me under the bus. Because I know that no matter what, the whole time I've been being mentored by this person, or excuse me, coached, right? The whole time I've been being coached by this person, they've created this safe environment that that literally allows them to become like a, a partner during my whole evolution, during the whole process of me becoming better and, and really reaching the the success that I want to and hitting the goals that I that I have. Um, so it's huge. Next thing he says, challenges people's 